What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks pair a sell-off in the wake of a surge in Treasury yields. Bank of America and Morgan Stanley prepare to report earnings. The 5G rollout disrupts flights around the world. And the White House looks to rein in the nation's biggest tech companies. Rudy Giuliani is among other Trump lawyers subpoenaed in the Capitol riot probe. Plus, COVID cases are falling in New Jersey. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. Second day in a row, a Knicks home loss. Minnesota won by two. The Islanders won in a shootout. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. futures are higher, rebounding from a sharp sell-off overnight. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 7 points, Dow futures up 29, NASDAQ futures up 52. The DAX in Germany is up about two-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 3.30 seconds, yield 1.88 percent. The yield on the two-year, 1.05 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 1.3 percent, up $1.12 at $86.50. Five cents a barrel and Bitcoin this morning at forty one thousand six hundred dollars. Nathan. Well, Karen, it is all about the markets this morning. As you said, stock futures did fall sharply overnight, but they are rebounding. Let's get the very latest live with Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John. And good morning, Nathan. NASDAQ futures fell as much as one percent overnight. Right now they're up three tenths of a percent. For investors, Fed rate hikes baked into the cake starting in March, and now there's speculation the central bank will deliver more than a quarter percentage point hike at that meeting. A more hawkish Fed weighing on stocks, especially tech shares lately. The Nasdaq 100 sank 2.6% yesterday. From its November peak, the tech-heavy Nasdaq has fallen 9.6%. That is just shy of a correction. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. Well, we saw the U.S. sell-off spread to Asia overnight. And we get the recap from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Karen. The MSCI Asia-Pacific Index fell for a fifth session, its longest losing streak since March. Japanese equities led the decline as the topics closed lower by almost 3%. Sony shares fell the most since October 2008 after news that its rival Microsoft plans to buy Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. Shares of some other Asian game-related stocks climbed amid speculation on further industry M&A. Chinese developers also rose in Hong Kong after the PBOC pledged 
pledged to use more monetary policy tools to aid the economy and ease credit stress. And bonds in New Zealand and Australia joined the global rout. In Singapore, Juliet Saleh, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Juliet, thank you. It is a different picture in Europe this morning where early losses have flipped to gains. Let's go to London, get the latest live from Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Ewan, what's the latest? Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Stocks in Europe pairing a sell-off this morning. We're two hours into the trading session and retailers helping to propel markets higher. There's a luxury theme to the gainers today after Richemont and Burberry Group both beat expectations. Montclair and Gucci owner Kering gaining today up more than 3%. Europe's Stocks 600 currently three-tenths of 1% higher. Live in London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. Ewan, thank you. Inflation also front and centre in Europe. Prices in the UK unexpectedly surged at the fastest pace in 30 years. Consumer prices rose at an annual rate of 5.4% in December. That adds pressure to the Bank of England to raise interest rates again next month. Well, when it comes to the pandemic in the UK, Karen, it looks like COVID restrictions could be lifted soon. Prime Minister Boris Johnson will reportedly announce the lifting of rules in England today. That's according to the Financial Times, which says work from home guidance and the use of COVID passes are expected to end. Well, back here in the U.S., Nathan, bank earnings continue to roll in. Bank of America and Morgan Stanley reporting results this morning. And we get a preview from Bloomberg, the global finance correspondent, Shanali Basik. Most of the big banks have reported earnings, and what it's shown is that trading is falling below expectations and the consumer is not jumping back as fast as expected. We'll look for both of those figures today when Morgan Stanley, the biggest stock trading shop on Wall Street, reports earnings at a tough time for equities trading, and Bank of America reports earnings with the consumer in mind. I'm Shanali Basic, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Shanali, thanks. Outside of Wall Street, airlines are in focus this morning. The rollout of 5G wireless service in the U.S. is disrupting flight schedules around the world. Let's get the uh, latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Airlines fear if 5G services are too close to airports, they could interfere with key safety systems. So they're adjusting their schedules. British Airways has canceled a handful full of flights to the U.S. Dubai's Emirates is suspending routes to several U.S. cities, including Chicago, Newark, and San Francisco. And Japanese carriers are also dropping routes and will not fly some jets to and from the U.S. mainland. Airlines are concerned about possible interference with navigation equipment that's used during landings in poor weather. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Renita, thank you. At the White House this week, big tech is in focus. The Biden administration is looking at how to rein in the nation's biggest tech companies through bipartisan legislation. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Sources tell Bloomberg News the White House is planning a meeting this week to discuss curbing the dominance of Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, and Meta. Critics of the tech giants, along with representatives of smaller digital firms, will be there as the White House gauges support for this antitrust measure, sponsored by Senators Amy Klobuchar and Chuck Grassley. But the big tech companies say that could harm their products that are popular with consumers. The bill could go before the Senate Judiciary Committee as early as tomorrow. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thanks. On Capitol Hill right now, it's all about voting rights. Senate Democrats have taken up the legislation, but Republicans are expected to block a final vote. It's all about politics, and that needs to change, according to Democratic Congresswoman Haley Stevens. We need seriousness. 
expanse in the halls of Washington. We need connectivity to the people we represent, the issues that are important to them, and solution-making, not 24-7 politicking. Congresswoman Haley Stevens of Michigan spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. You can catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Ahead of that, a rare news conference from President Biden is coming up this afternoon. We'll have that for you live later today on Bloomberg Radio. Right now, S&P futures are up seven points. NASDAQ futures up 44. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 5.07 on Wall Street. We're 31 degrees in Central Park. we got 15-minute delays on the Metro North Harlem line. It's because of track work. We'll get the details in traffic shortly. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The January 6th House Committee has moved its investigation process to Trump supporters who tried to undo the election. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. It has now subpoenaed attorneys Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, and Jenna Ellis. They were the main focus of the legal teams trying to get the election overturned. In Giuliani's case, urging state legislators to overturn voting results and spreading misinformation regarding the election results themselves, then leading to the January 6th insurrection attempt. Committee Chair Benny Thompson says in the efforts to subvert the system, they were in direct contact with Donald Trump. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. New York's Attorney General asked a judge to order Donald Trump and two of his adult children to testify under oath as part of the state civil probe into the family real estate business. A.G. Letitia James says investigators have already uncovered a pattern of potential fraudulent asset valuations. A New York City police officer was wounded in the Bronx last night while apprehending a 16-year-old suspect with a gun. Police say there was a scuffle over the gun. It went off and both the officer and the suspect were shot in the leg. Both have non-life-threatening injuries and were brought to the hospital. Mayor Eric Adams at the hospital commented on a surge of gun violence in the city. One officer shot is one officer too many. One civilian shot is one civilian too many. Our city must be safe. That's the promise I made, and that's the promise I'm going to keep. Meanwhile, Mayor Adams admits even he doesn't feel safe on the city's subway system. Adams' comments come after a woman was pushed to her death in front of a New York City subway train at Times Square over the weekend. The victim, 40-year-old Michelle Goh, did volunteer work for the homeless. Goh had ties to the San Francisco area. A vigil was held for her there last night. A statement was read from Goh's family. We hope Michelle will be remembered for how she lived and not just how she died. She was a beautiful, brilliant, kind, and intelligent woman who loved her family and friends, loved to travel the world and to help others. The NYPD says the man accused of pushing go is homeless. New Jersey is now seeing a decline in COVID case rates, and Teaneck is seeing hospitalizations drop. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks. Almost 5.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stanshower. All right. Good morning, Nathan. Good game at the Garden. The Knicks trailed the Timberwolves by 12 in the first half, but a big 40-point third quarter led by Evan Fournier. Knicks went up by 9. Minnesota then trailed by 1 in the final minute. Shot clock is down to 10. Bounce pass. Towns, top of the key. Against Julius Randle. Takes a dribble. Left-handed. Down the lane. Up off last. Counted for 2. Towns puts the Wolves up 110-109 with 29.3 seconds left. He 
Radio. Fournier and Alec Burks missed shots on the Knicks' final possession, and Minnesota won 112-110, so two home losses in two days, and it drops the Knicks back under 500. Fournier scored 27 points. Julius Randle had 21 with nine rebounds, nine assists, four block shots. Kemba Walker returned after missing the last nine games with a knee injury. He got hot in the fourth quarter, finished with 19. It was not the best of game for R.J. Barrett. He had seven turnovers. The Islanders won only five of their first 20 games. They are hot now. They reach 500 with a 4-3 win at Philadelphia to sweep the home and home. That's the Flyers' ninth loss in a row. This game went to a shootout. There were 17 consecutive misses before Oliver Wallstrom in the ninth round finally scored the game winner for the Islanders. The Rangers back home tonight to play Toronto. Mika Zibanejad won the fan vote to get to play in the All-Star game, except he has decided not to play. Personal reasons. College Hoops, Duke lost in overtime at Florida State locally. Iona won in overtime at Monmouth, now 15-3. and Losses for Fordham in Manhattan. Rafael Nadal won his second-round match at the Australian Open. So did the women's top seed, Ash Barty. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. S&P futures now up six points. Dow futures up 23. NASDAQ futures leading the gains now after yesterday's declines. They're up 39 points. Patrick Armstrong of Plurimi Wealth is with us next. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 11.30 weather, a mix of sun and clouds today with a high near 45 degrees. Rain and snow showers develop overnight, accumulations under an inch. Temperatures will fall through the day tomorrow. By Friday, we'll be only in the low 20s. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks pairing a global sell-off as earnings optimism begins to offset concern about rising bond yields. U.S. futures reversed earlier losses. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up about five points. Dow futures up 15. NASDAQ futures up 30. The DAX in Germany is up a tenth of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 4.30 seconds, yield 1.88 percent. They yield on the two-year 1.05 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 1.2 percent, up a dollar three at 86 dollars 46 cents a barrel. COMEX gold up a quarter percent, or four dollars 60 cents at 18.17 an ounce. The euro 1.1342 against the dollar. British pound 1.3615, and the yen's at 1.14.51. And Bitcoin this morning at 41,450 dollars. That's down about two percent. Today we are watching. For for reports on housing starts and building permits out at 8.30 Wall Street time. Morgan Stanley and Bank of America among companies scheduled to report earnings today. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. The House Committee investigating the U.S. Capitol riot has subpoenaed Rudy Giuliani and other members of Donald Trump's legal team who filed legal challenges to the 2020 election. The list includes Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, and Sidney Powell. Secretary of State Antony Blinken will meet with his Russian counterpart in Switzerland this week as tensions between the U.S. and Russia escalate over a possible Russian invasion of Ukraine. Blinken arrived in Kiev today to meet with President Volodymyr Zelensky. In the NBA, the Knicks lost, the Warriors won. In the NHL, the Islanders won in a shootout against the Flyers 4-3. The Capitals won, the Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Tank, powered by more than 20. 
the 700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak as we continue to watch the gyrations in markets this morning. We're joined by Patrick Armstrong, Chief Investment Officer at Plurimi Wealth. Patrick, good morning. Seeing a little bit of recovery in the futures contracts after yesterday's sell-off. Have we found a support level here? I think earnings probably will end up being a support for markets uh, as we get into reporting season. We've seen some uh, good results out of some luxury companies, and it's I don't think a market where you have to be too fearful of the Fed. I think that's really what's spooking everyone right now, that the Fed's going to be hiking 25 basis points in March. There's small fears of 50 basis points in March, which I don't think are going to happen. And historically, at the beginning of a hiking cycle, that's not the time to worry. Um, Fed hikes at the beginning of a cycle because the economy is strong, there's economic growth, there's earnings growth in equities. It's at the end of this hiking cycle, generally, where they make their mistakes, and they uh, probably hike one or two more times than they should historically, and uh, it's still a question if they'll do that. But the beginning of a hiking cycle is usually a reasonable period for risk assets. So what is your expectation of what the market should be pricing in from the Fed? Uh, What's your view on where the Fed's going to go with policy tightening? So they're going to hike in March. I think it'll be 25 basis points. I don't think they'll want to lose credibility by going to 50 because the narrative they've been building is 25 basis points is coming in March now, and I think 50 may be viewed as a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction, which you wouldn't want from a central bank. We've probably got another three hikes after that, unless the economy is really strong. Um, Then maybe you get another four hikes after March, even if the economy continues to be very strong. So it's going to be data dependent as we get through the summer. I think we've probably got three hikes in by the time we get to September for sure. And if the economy is stronger than consensus, it it might even be more. But uh, you don't mind owning risk assets when the economy is strong generally. With that kind of hiking schedule, what's your view on where Treasury yields could go from here? They are starting to move up uh, pretty significantly. You don't want to own duration. Um, So you want to be underweight duration. You don't want to own Treasuries. You don't want to own duration in your equities, which means the highest multiple companies that don't have earnings yet and aren't going to have earnings for years to come. I think that's the one pocket that's probably continuing to be at risk. Um, I think Treasury yields move past 2%. And as the Fed funds uh, futures start to price for 2% in 2023, I think you're going to have a steeper yield curve than uh, what the market's pricing in right now. And inflation at 7%, that's going to come down. But I think we have years in front of us where inflation remains above the Fed target rate. So I think two-year, 10-year yields moving above two and a continuing slow grind higher as the Fed winds down its balance sheet. So with the steepening yield curve that you're looking for here, you're not looking for the possibility of recession coming out of this uh, recovery, are you? I don't think we should be worried about recession right now. Uh, We're still in above normal growth. I think the U.S. economy is probably going to grow about 4.5% this year. Um, The Fed inevitably has caused almost all the previous recessions. Um, Powell's talked about this, and I think they're aware of that. And uh, they're letting the economy run hot. They did that all last year, and now we're seeing this. what happens from that. But I think they won't hike too far this time. Uh, those may be famous last words because central banks always hike too much towards the end. But uh, policymakers know the consequences of their actions in previous recessions. I think they're well-equipped 
to make sure they can manage it and uh, maybe smooth out or slow down rather than provoke a recession. So in our last minute here, Patrick, where are you looking for opportunity as we continue to game out what the Fed's going to do? I think you want to be in value and equities. Cyclical value still makes sense to me. Um, a lot of uh, value companies are trading at six to ten times earnings. We haven't bought them yet. I'll wait for the Morgan Stanley results. But it's, I think the banks are looking really cheap. Uh, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs really sold off on their trading revenues. And that's always a wild card. I think uh, once we get through reporting season, if those banks stay at current levels, I think those will be good opportunities um, and should be beneficiaries of the uh, steepening yield curve that I expect. All right. Thanks for this, Patrick. And, of course, we will be getting those uh, final bank results from Bank of America and Morgan Stanley uh, just a couple hours here. Patrick Armstrong, Chief Investment Officer at Plurimi Wealth, with us this morning as we continue to uh, track the uh, recovery we're seeing in futures contracts after yesterday's sell-off. Right now, S&P futures are up seven points, Dow futures up 36, and uh, NASDAQ futures leading the gains right now. They're higher by 47 points. Ten-year Treasury now down 3.30 seconds. The yield at 1.88%. And the yield on the two-year right now, 1.05%. Bitcoin right around $41,500. Just ahead, we'll have more on the market's Fed bets. And airlines grapple with the 5G rollout as we check your top stories of the morning right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mix of sun and clouds and a high near 45 degrees today. Rain and snow showers overnight. Temperatures will fall through tomorrow. By Friday, we'll only be in the low 20s, currently 31 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. And it's all about the markets this morning. Stock futures fell sharply overnight but are now rebounding. We get the very latest live with Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Benchmark Treasury yields look poised to surge past 2%. Now, traders are betting the Federal Reserve could go for a supersized rate hike in March. Higher yields were weighing on equities, especially tech stocks. But NASDAQ down almost 10% from its November high. That would be a correction. Investors wondering if the sell-off has gone too far this morning. Overnight, NASDAQ futures fell as much as 1%, and now they are up 39 points. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. And, John, investors are also going to be paying close attention today to bank earnings. Morgan Stanley and Bank of America report before the opening bell. That's after disappointing trading results from Goldman Sachs yesterday. Well, Nathan, looking to the skies now, the rollout of 5G wireless service in the U.S. is disrupting airline flight schedules around the world. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Airlines fear if 5G services are too close to airports, they could interfere with key safety systems, so they're adjusting their schedules. British Airways has canceled a handful of flights to the U.S. Dubai's Emirates is suspending routes to several U.S. cities, including Chicago, Newark, and San Francisco, and 
Japanese carriers are also dropping routes and will not fly some jets to and from the U.S. mainland. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Some news out of Washington this morning. The Biden administration's exploring ways to rein in the nation's biggest tech companies, possibly through antitrust legislation. Bloomberg News has learned the White House will meet this week with critics of big tech. A bill in the Senate could limit the dominance of companies like Google, Apple, Amazon, and Meta. And on Capitol Hill, Nathan, Senate Democrats are poised to hand President Biden another defeat. Lawmakers have taken up voting rights legislation that has very long odds. Republicans are opposed to the measure and expected are expected to block a final vote on it. Futures this morning are higher. S&P futures up 7 points. Dow futures up 34. NASDAQ futures up 37. The DAX in Germany is up a tenth of a percent. The 10-year Treasury down 3.30 seconds. Yield 1.88 percent. The yield on the two year 1.05 percent nymex crude oil is up one and a half percent up a dollar 27 at 86 dollars 70 cents a barrel bitcoin this morning at 41,500 dollars straight ahead your latest local headlines plus a check of sports this is bloomberg Thanks, Karen. It's 533 on Wall Street. We're at 32 degrees in Central Park. It's still dealing with 15 to 20 minute delays on the Harlem line of Metro North. Details and traffic shortly. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. A New York City police officer was injured in the Bronx last night while apprehending a 16 year old suspect with a gun. After a scuffle, the gun went off. Both the officer and the suspect were shot in the leg and will recover. Mayor Eric Adams rushed to the hospital to thank police officers for the arrest. Adams called for reforming laws involving gun crimes. Anytime there's a gun involved, we have to look at that in a serious fashion. And now we're not doing that. Meanwhile, Mayor Adams admits even he doesn't feel safe on the city's subway system. Over the weekend, a woman was pushed to her death in front of a New York City subway train beneath Times Square. Even before the killing, Adams' administration had announced plans to boost the presence of police officers in the subway. The House committee investigating the U.S. Capitol riot has subpoenaed Rudy Giuliani and other members of Donald Trump's legal team who filed legal challenges to the 2020 election. The panel is demanding information and testimony from Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, and Sidney Powell. The New York Attorney General's office says its civil investigation has uncovered evidence that former President Donald Trump's company used fraudulent or misleading asset valuations to get loans and tax benefits. Attorney General Letitia James's office made the filing last night. Later today, Senate Democrats will try to vote on changing the filibuster rule to pass two voting rights bills. The filibuster change will almost certainly fail, but it is not stopping Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer from forcing the vote. On something as important as voting rights, if Senate Republicans are going to oppose it, they should not be allowed to sit in their office. they got to come down on the floor and defend their opposition. Republicans insist there is nothing to fix despite GOP states passing new voting laws. New Jersey is now seeing a decline in COVID case rates. In Teaneck, they're seeing hospitalizations drop. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks. 535 on Wall Street. Here's John Stashar with the Bloomberg Sports Update. Thanks, Nathan. Nixon Timberwolves at the Garden. Alec Burks took a three-point shot. The ball was in the air as the final buzzer sounded. It 
missed. And Minnesota won a wild game, 112 to 110. The T-Wolves were up 12 in the first half. Knicks then led by nine. A Carl Anthony Towns three-point play with 29 seconds left proved to be the game winner for Minnesota. Evan Fournier led the Knicks with 27 points. Julius Randle had 21. Kemba Walker 19 in his return from a knee injury. But this homestand has started with two losses in two days. The Knicks are back under 500. Islanders and Flyers capping a home-and-home in Philly. The game was tied at one, then two, then three. A Casey Kazika's tying goal for the Isles with four and a half minutes left. They went to overtime and then the shootout where neither team could score. 17 consecutive misses in the ninth round. It was time for the Islanders. Oliver Wallstrom. Wallstrom in alone on Carter Hart. Slows it down. Shoot and scores! Wally has the winner in the bottom of the ninth! And the Islanders beat the Flyers by the final score of 4-3. to three. What an ending! This came WEPN. Isles have won 5 of 6 to reach 500. The Flyers have now lost 9 in a row. Rangers' first home game in over two weeks tonight against Toronto. Australian Open, second round. Victories for Rafael Nadal, Ash Barty, and Naomi Osaka. The Giants have begun a second round of interviews for their general manager's job. These being conducted in person. Up first yesterday, Buffalo assistant GM Joe Schoen. John Stashatwer, Bloomberg Sports. Thank you. All right, John, thank you. It's 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. New York City's factoring in an 8.2% increase in property values for next fiscal year, thanks to demand for single-family homes, co-ops, and condos. The city set a value of about $1.4 trillion for its more than 1 million properties for the fiscal year beginning in July. A gauge of New York State manufacturing slumped in January. Measures of orders and shipments retreated sharply, suggesting the Omicron variant caused a pullback in activity. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York's General Business Conditions Index fell to minus 0.7 from 31.9 a year earlier. New Jersey businesses can now expect improved perks on a tax break to help ease the pain of a cap on individual deductions for state and local taxes. A new law allows pass-through entities, partnerships, limited liability companies, and S-corporations additional tax relief. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. All right, Ed, thanks. It's 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KTRH in Houston. The International Energy Agency says global oil markets look tighter than previously thought. I'm Steve Potus, and on WFLA Tampa Bay, we're talking about the Oprah-backed True Food Kitchen chain of health food restaurants opening its first location in Tampa. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WCCO in Minneapolis, we're watching for earnings from United Health. I'm Caroline Hetkamp, Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on a government on edge. Will Boris Johnson face a no-confidence vote, or can angry MPs be reined in? I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting Ford and ADT for investing in a new joint venture. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. The recent hostage crisis at a Texas synagogue is a reminder that anti-Semitism is a growing threat. The idea that lawmakers would block any efforts to fight it is shameful. Yet that's arguably what Senate Republicans are doing. In July, Joe Biden nominated the renowned Holocaust scholar Deborah Lipstadt to helm the State Department's office for combating anti-Semitism. Her nomination has remained stalled ever since. 
Republicans on the Foreign Relations Committee appear piqued by a tweet Lipstadt wrote in March, criticizing a senator in their party. But Lipstadt is no mere partisan, having chided lawmakers on the left as well as the right. And no one doubts her qualifications. An author of six books on anti-Semitism and the Holocaust, she would bring unparalleled expertise and gravitas to the position. Republicans have delayed long enough. They should let Lipstadt's nomination move to a vote. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPI and go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. You can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPI and go. S&P futures now up almost eight points. Dow futures up 42. NASDAQ futures are higher by 37 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 3.30 seconds. The yield 1.88%. Big bank stocks moving lower in the pre- market as Bank of America and Morgan Stanley get set to wrap up Wall Street bank earnings. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, a mix of sun and clouds today with a high near 45. Rain and snow showers overnight. Temperatures falling through tomorrow. By Friday, highs in the low 20s. Currently 32 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks pairing a global sell-off as earnings optimism offsets concerns about rising bond yields. U.S. futures are reversing earlier losses. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures now up 7 points. Dow futures up 28. NASDAQ futures up 41. The DAX in Germany is up about two-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 2 to 2.30 seconds. The yield 1.88%. Yield on the two-year 1.05%. Nymex crude oil is up 1.6%, up $1.34 at $86.77 a barrel. Comex gold up a third of a percent, or $6.40 at $18.18.80 an ounce. The euro, 1.1347 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3625. The yen is at 114.50. And Bitcoin this morning moving lower at $41,350. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Rudy Giuliani and two other lawyers who helped former President Donald Trump advance baseless claims of fraud in the 2020 election have been subpoenaed by the House Committee investigating the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Along with Giuliani, Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis were part of a legal team that spearheaded an attempt to overturn the election results. Airlines around the world are adjusting their schedules and aircraft deployments for flights to the U.S., over fears that a 5G rollout by AT&T and Verizon near American airports can interfere with key safety systems. In the NBA, the Knicks lost, the Warriors won. In the NHL, the Islanders won in a shootout against the Flyers 4-3. The Capitals won, the Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. It's 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak as we get set to wrap up bank earnings season this morning. Bank of America and Morgan Stanley are the final two of the big Wall Street six to open up their fourth quarter books. They will do that before the opening bell. Ahead of that, we're joined by Ken Leon, Director of Equity Research at CFRA. 
Ken, good morning. Taking a look at uh, shares of Bank of America and Morgan Stanley. They are both lower ahead of uh, earnings this morning. Is that sort of a residual effect of what we saw from Goldman Sachs yesterday? Well, it's, it's also about the market, and the, it's really the macro risk. And we've gone from a bull to a bear case. All of a sudden, uh, the banks were down probably because maybe the bears think the best results happened in 2021. Uh, COVID might stay around longer in 2022, which could hurt bank earnings. And rates, rising rates help banks. And uh, J.P. Morgan Friday said, well, maybe it doesn't help us on net interest earnings until later this year. I'll stay with the bull case, which is we still have a strong U.S. economy that's going to spur loan growth. And also, capital markets aren't going to repeat a record year in 2021, but it's going to make, remain very active with a strong pipeline. And I think finally, a, a rate rise from the Fed, call it three or four times this year and maybe into next year, is a strong earnings engine uh, fueling net interest income for the banks. Um, banks are overcapitalized. Investors are going to get return of capital with dividends and buybacks. Um, so, but right now, you know, the bears are there. You know, the outlook is cloudy, particularly on macro and, um, you know, policy and regulations, the last point here, that's another day, less with earnings. But with the appointees from President Biden's administration, you have more of a consumerist uh, staffing, if you will, of key positions at the uh, FDIC, the OCC, and, and others. How does that bull case apply to Bank of America when they report later this morning? I would expect that uh, consumer loan growth has got to be a big part of their story. Will the consumer be there for Bank of America? The consumer will be there, but it's going to be more looking ahead to the first quarter in 2022. What we'll see in the fourth quarter results again is that consumers have really healthy balance sheets where they haven't really uh, seen – any delays in paying off credit balances. So from Bank of America, their large card businesses, the loan volumes of spending, obviously it's the holiday season in there, uh, was exceptionally high, double digit in terms of growth year over year. But uh, consumers are paying off their balances and banks make money on service charges when you have loan balances. Um, we think it will get back to normalized levels Perhaps by the second quarter of 2022, if you look at this from the Fed, the personal saving rate during the pandemic got as high as 18 percent. And in November, we were back to the normalized historic levels of 7 percent. What about the cost picture for these banks? We just heard this morning that uh, J.P. Morgan Chase is raising pay for junior bankers again for a second time. Is that going to be repeated across the sector? Well, there are three factors. Uh, One, you know, particularly for investment bankers is trying to keep talent. Uh, Second is there's a uh, labor shortage. So even uh, at the bank branches, we saw Wells Fargo increase the minimum wage from eight, uh, increased it from 18 to 22. And the last part of expense, which is up, is that the banks have to invest in technology uh, to be competitive today, but really for tomorrow, you know, with all the disruptors from fintech companies. So, um, yeah, we're going to live with higher expense. But, again, um, we think uh, right now 
the market's gloomy on the revenue picture for banks, and, and we think it's going to be another good year. In our last 30 seconds here, what about for Morgan Stanley? Will the boom in deal-making in 2021 make a difference for them? Only about 30 seconds left. So Morgan Stanley, like Goldman Sachs, is going to you know, rank number one or two in most of the areas of the capital markets. So it's going to have another really strong year for underwriting and IPOs. And But Gold, I'm sorry, Morgan Stanley has the largest wealth business, which gives them a little bit more of a – predictable recurring revenue. So I, I, I think we're going to finish up with Morgan Stanley, um, a little more sanguine than the bearish view that we saw yesterday. All right, Ken, thanks for this. Ken Leon is Director of Equity Research at CFRA. We hear from Bank of America right around 645 Wall Street time, then Morgan Stanley reports at 730. We'll have complete coverage here on Bloomberg Radio. Karen. Nathan, it's 554 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The National Labor Relations Board will reconsider a Trump-era precedent allowing workplace arbitration agreements to include clauses requiring workers to keep the proceedings confidential. Federal court records in New York indicate Cantor Fitzgerald and a former vice president who said she was fired for rejecting her boss's sexual advances agreed to end her job discrimination lawsuit. The Southern District of New York ruled that KeyBank must face trial on claims by two former employees who claimed they were fired in retaliation for opposing a sexually hostile environment. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. Jeff, thank you. Now another legal story we're watching brings us to religious rights at the Supreme Court. Justices have agreed to hear a case from a football coach who lost his job at a public high school after repeatedly praying with his players on the 50-yard line after games. It's the second time the case has come to the Supreme Court, giving the court's conservative majority a new chance to bolster individual religious rights and relax the separation of church and state. For more on the case, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Caroline Mala Corbin, a professor at the University of Miami School of Law. So tell us what the Ninth Circuit said in turning down his appeal. So he argued that being denied the opportunity to pray in front of the students, in front of the crowds, violated both his speech rights and religious rights. And the Ninth Circuit rejected that based on the Establishment Clause. The Establishment Clause requires some separation between church and state. And one arena where it's still pretty vital is in the public schools to make sure that the state, the school, or people who work for the school, don't force students into uncomfortable religious exercises. And the school said, and the court agreed, if we allowed you to continue these prayers, you would be basically violating the Establishment Clause. And so that is a compelling reason for the government to limit your own free exercise. This means that four justices want to hear this case, perhaps more. Mm -hmm. Does it seem like they would only be taking this case in order to reverse the Ninth Circuit? I fear that might be the case. This Supreme Court has been steadily eroding, if not eviscerating, Establishment Clause protections. The one area where they still survived was in the school context. Under existing law, this should have been a very easy case, and he should lose, which he did in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And I fear they took this case 
as a vehicle for eliminating those strong establishment clause protections in public schools as well. That's University of Miami law professor Caroline Mala Corbin speaking with the Bloomberg's June Grosso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. Futures moving higher this morning. S&P futures up seven points. And still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. And this is Bloomberg. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.